Craft Beer Radio, episode 245, on April 5th, 2013. Let the serenity overflow. And punch your microphone. <laughs> Welcome to springtime in Craft Beer Radio, where we have a suite of interesting beers to start the wonderful springness of this month. Oh, springy, springy, springy time. Well, spring here in the Northern Hemisphere. So, like, Greg, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget about Jeff. Jeff, too. And anybody else. Anyone else who hasn't emailed us. Okay, let's drop with the... We can actually leave this playing, because it's not any kind of trademark infringement. I no, think we killed it, though. You don't like the uh, symphonic... Chateau Rogue First Growth Orgasmic Ale. So this is one that when when I first heard about it, I thought, oh God, come on, Rogue, because they make this whole because I was like, orgasmic, haha, I get it. But I've softened a little bit on on the name culture because why should I hold them to a standard I'm not holding other beer companies to when they make silly pun names and stuff like that? Raging bitch, yeah, <laughs> things like that, yeah. So this is a uh, this is part of their Rogue Farms or their Chateau Rogue thing. It's all uh, it's all made on their farms. Uh, it uses a hundred percent Oregon ingredients. Um, their micro barley farm, Dare and Risk malts. Their first growth micro hop yard revolution and independent hops. Their Pac-Man yeast and their free range coastal water. There you go. 15 degrees Play-Doh, 40 IBUs, 6 degrees Lava Bond, and uh, where's the alcohol by volume on this sucker? It, uh, you know. <laughs> 15 Play-Doh minus the final gravity. <laughs> they don't tell No me. chemicals, preservatives, or additives. 100% pure rogue. Well, there are chemicals in there. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So it's a it's kind of a copperish color. It has uh, nice fingers. I don't know if these are pairing things, but there's two icons here. Um, There's a fish and a fire. There's just icon. There's a fish. Yeah. Well, they say food pairing seafood and hot and spicy. So that's okay. So that's what the fire is. But it's a campfire. They should seventy six AA. What is AA? Alpha acid. Oh. It's a you know alpha acid unit is a different measurement for bitterness as opposed to IBU. Right. And it actually it might it's pro- actually I think it measures it's still the hoppiness of the beer, but instead of measuring bitterness units, it, it's alpha acid units, which I believe are. It's been a while since I've read up on exactly that, but I think they're like I said they're a corollary, but they're not measuring the exact same thing. Let's see if uh, I can get any more information on. The alcohol by volume on this sucker it doesn't and... smell crazy hoppy. It has you know a nice little hop aroma, but you know a big malt aroma as well. Beer Advocate is claiming it's six uh, percent. It's a little. It's pretty cold. These are just out of the fridge, so they may need some time to warm up. We have these in pseudo uh, snifters from Amagang. Gang. Yeah, it probably does need to warm up a bit. I mean, it feels pretty cold. I guess it's time for me to wash beer glasses. Is that why you grabbed these? Yes. No more Spielglau glasses. No more Spielglau or or Saver. 
glasses. Well, those yeah. are from Spiegelau as well, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, these are the thicker glass walls. Walls we're not used to dealing with. <laughs> Too much thermal mass. Get my beer warmed up, please. So, how have you enjoyed these past five days? Past five waiting? days, I uh, kicked my case of Headhunter, and I'm very sad about that. That was a fantastic beer. And you uh, you brewed a beer, but it didn't work out. Oh, my whip beer. I kegged it, carbonated it. And uh, it's probably the grossest beer that I've made. <laughs> I had those huge problems with hitting the temperatures in the mash because my electric brewing system, I didn't test the temperature probe enough when I made the before I made the beer. So my mash was way off. I only got enough wort, you know, enough sugars in the wort to have about three gallons, three and a, uh, three and a half gallons instead of five, uh, you know, post-boil. And I thought, eh, it's, there's gravity there tasted okay then but i just pulled it you know taste pulled some off the keg just the other day last week i said i was pretty excited about it or not excited but i thought it was gonna be reasonable it's not good (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what the deal is i mean i suspect it's the horrible mash but it's just not good it happens okay this was warmed up a bit because my hands are a lot colder than they were before still not a huge nose Oh, the flavor's nice, though. I mean, it, it, it tastes a mm. little bit... tastes like an English IPA or so, you know, around that kind of balance of hop and maltiness. I mean, the hops are... They're not crazy aggressive hops, but they are a little more sort of a little more American. You know, they don't taste like English hops. But the malts are really neat. The, these, you know, however they malted and roasted and killed these malts, they're given a really rich you know, maltiness, breadiness to it. It's it's really enjoyable. So it's kind of like a muffin. Uh, the maltiness tastes either sort of like a cinnamon muffin dough. The hops are really interesting. This risk and dare. Those uh, are the, those uh, are the malts, uh, actually. Uh, okay. Revolution's the hop. Yeah, okay, so Revolution's the hop. The hopping is... I'm trying to place what it is, because it's, it's almost... And I don't want this to sound negative, but it... it it almost has a slightly metallic twinge, and not in in like a lager way, but just in in a. Mm, and it's so hard to place. It's a little; they're a little pithy, a little bit grapefruit pithy. Yeah, uh, they're along those lines. They're a little pithy, um, maybe a little bit of thinking of limestone or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, like a hard water type taste or something. Yeah, that's better. That's a better call. But I mean that. You can see where that gets into iron, that Minerals, gets into metal, right? yeah. You know, so it 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 definitely is in the ballpark. It just it's, I think it's a little more minerally to me than it is metally. But yeah, so like you know, if you've had uh, a very heavy mineral water, uh, it, there's some tastes of that, that that go through. It's interesting. It's it's playing lots of of fun tricks. It's it's doing little cartwheels around, and and that's always interesting. I'm getting the nose to open up now, and I'm getting some really neat malt aromas. I'm getting some some pretty earthy, like almost a little bit mushroomy aroma. Oh, sure. You know, you wanted the first thing I smelled? Hot dog buns. Hmm. Steamed hot dog buns. Yeah, I can see that a little bit. 
It's a really nice aroma now that we got it to open up. These malts are really aromatic malts. And it it turns into something much different. And I I, I like your mushroom call. Uh, Sort of if you take mushrooms and you let them saute in butter for a while, Mm -hmm. you get those beautiful, wonderful smell Mm -hmm. out of them. Right. So it'll retain some earthiness. Mm. Even a little uh, caramelized onion. Mm-hmm. And the hops are still there too. You know, you see, it, it, it's a really neat beer. Yeah, I, I'm very, very satisfied by this beer. Mm-hmm. More satisfied than than I generally get from rogue beers. Uh, I hear you. Yeah, this is a. Uh, this is plenty good. I, I'm really enjoying it. There's a lot going on here. There's a lot to discover. There's a there's none of the the, the Pac-Man equality doesn't really come through that much. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. You know, there's a general rogue house taste that yeah, it's it's not bad. I'm not saying you should avoid it or anything, but you know, it just I was like, oh yeah, there's another rogue. <laughs> you yeah, know, you get a lot of that, and this. Uh, doesn't has a like my first and second sips I tasted a little bit of it, but now I'm not noticing that kind of rogue house flavor. And I think it's 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 the fullness of the body that's coming through, the um the, the way the hops are are not necessarily a starring role here. They're like you said they're playing uh they're they're playing a, a solid role a dual role with the a duet with the malts, and it's giving a nice texture to the whole thing. Very solid. So let's see. Let's recap this beer with the highlights. It's going to sound like a very oddball beer, right? Metal. <laughs> mushrooms, mushrooms. Hot dogs. Hot dog buns. <laughs> limestone. So, yeah. Your average beer. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Stick some limestone in a bottle. Cover it with vodka. <laughs> it's not boozy. So No. I, I know what you were saying, yeah, but yeah. I don't want people to think there's a boozy It's not boozy, no. It... it, it the 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 hop bitterness and combined with the malt hides the alcohol extremely well. I'm it's it's hard to tell other than the fact that you were so used to the taste of alcohol and that you can start to feel it that it's got mm-hmm. any alcohol in it. I mean, it really does not taste re- remotely. It's boozy. only six percent too, yeah. so not often does a six percent beer taste boozy. It can happen. No, it can. Those are the ones that give you headaches in the morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Full of those conjures. Excuse me, I wanted to bring up, before we go on, Sly Fox. Oh, sure. And absolutely. their new super cans. There's a can arms race going on. Yeah. You got, you know, we talked about the Sam Adams one, which I have not seen a photo of yet, but it sounds like, actually, we, let's... Why don't you search real quick to see if you can find a picture of what the Sam okay. Adams can. Because what I think I saw, or what I imagined from the eloquent description, was kind of like uh, a strip. like a, So it's not a... Like, the whole top doesn't peel off, but there's a strip from like nose to mouth, like where it comes off in like a oval strip or something like that, or a peanut-shaped strip. And uh, But there's the new Sly Fox can, where the whole top peels off. Right. It's almost like peeling the top off... Um, you know, sardines or, um, you know, 
you know, one of those potted meats, you know, where you get that round peel top can. That's kind of like what these aluminum cans are from Sly Fox. The um, goal is to make a more drink from the can, drinkable from the can beer. So the idea is... You still got to worry about all the rat poop that's down inside that lip, but... (laughs) I mean, the the idea is decent. So the idea is your... I mean, the whole reason why people were against cans for the longest time is because... Well, there was... Crappy beer came in cans, so that that was a thing for a while. And then it was, well, uh, bottles, at least... Bottles give you some more effervescence coming out of them. If you if you're forced to drink out of the bottle, you get a slightly more effervescence. But really, it was always pour your bottle into a glass. And cans were just like, well, you know, they're all, they're coated with 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 a polymer, so they never actually touch the you know the, the beer haven't actually touched the metal. But mm-hmm. it was still well. Then if you drink it from the can, you're touching your 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 lips in the metal. Okay. So here's a still from a video of yeah. some of the cams that Sam Adams looked at. Where do you got these different ones? So like to describe these, you got the normal wide mouth can that you know debuted probably about 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago now. Then they have ones that it's um they have ones like the Sly Fox where the whole top comes off. They have uh there's still the like the seam, you know, they where they attach the top. That doesn't come off, but just inside there's where the perforation is it peels off. Then there's one where it, it has, uh, it looks almost like a Muppet nose where it's real bell-shaped. You know, where you have a big bell at the bottom where you're drinking from and then almost a little notch for your nose to kind of sniff out or stick in when you're drinking yeah. from it. Then there's one that's a peanut shape. I can't imagine, I mean, looking from this picture, I can't imagine that's the one they chose from, but I thought I read that they picked the peanut shape one. Um, yeah, this is what they said, this is their can. That's doesn't, the same Adams can? Yeah, it doesn't look all that different. I thought they picked... Yeah, see the, see down at the bottom where they have yeah, the, 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 the peanut designs. on the right? That's what I thought they picked, but I guess not. So the Sly Fox can seems like a more interesting and, and cool can, which is that the whole thing opened up, so you can definitely get all the aroma, and it's basically... It's a, it's a metal glass, and, mm-hmm. and that's not that bad of, of... I mean, that's better than four. Yeah. I wonder if they coat the top side of this of the lid, right? Because if you're going to be putting that against, I mean, sure, people drink from cans all the time, yeah. but you can taste the metaliness from the outside. It doesn't have that that liner that the inside of the can has, right? And I'm wondering if you know if you're going to have people intentionally, like especially a craft beer in a can. I wonder if they're going to coat the outside, like where your lips or your tongue are going to be, you know. I wonder if they'll make special towels to wipe all of the rat poop off the top of the can. <laughs> I mean, as as a delivery method for beer, cans are probably the best option. Lightweight, doesn't break, doesn't let in oxygen, doesn't let in air or light. Light. It's. Um... I opened up this one, and the reason I said oxygen and air <laughs> because I caught the aroma of. Of this beer since I opened it, and this is the Noble Rot from Dogfish Head, and it had a bit of a funky, and even my first thought was skunky smell, but when I put my put my nose up to the bottle, it wasn't really skunky, so I'm not too worried about that anymore. Okay, so this is a very interesting, they call it a Saison-esque science look, project. Look, how, look at the color on this thing. So they, they get, they, they get, Fermentable sugars from two unique wine grapes that they get from Electorate 
Alexandria Nicole Sellers in Prosser, Washington. They first add unfermented juice or must from a Vigonier grapes that have been infected with a fungus called Botrytis, which is their noble rot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it reduces the water content of the grapes while magnifying their sweetness and complexity. The second is Pinot Gris. Uh, must that's intensified by a process called dropping fruit, where large clusters of grapes are clipped to oh, amplify the quality of dropping fruit. Amplify the quality, uh, and then is brewed with pills and wheat malts and fermented with a Belgian yeast. Alcohol at volume nine percent, eighteen IBUs. Not a particular hoppy beer. It's <laughs> not a cheap beer. <laughs> not a cheap beer. Twenty dollars for the uh, seven fifty. This is uh, looks like a pilsner in terms of color. Slightly cloudy, but it's still very... I mean, uh, that's kind of an oxymoron. It, um, it's it not, has a slight greenness to it. Yeah, it's very clear. You can see fingerprints through it, but it's also not... What was that? Yeah, there's oh. a xylus popping open. <laughs> that's why they redesigned them, because these little ones tend to do that. Huh. Um, I guess it's just a tight... But it's very light. Very light. I mean... It's, you know, like a wit beer, but clearer. I mean, like I said, it looks kind of like a, a Pilsner with a slight green shade. doesn't have as much bubbliness going on, doesn't mm-hmm. it? And that could be just there's not as much nucleation going on here, but... You know, calling it a Saison from the start, that's really where the nose is at. You get the Pilsner malt, the wheat, like you said, Belgian yeast. It smells like a Pilsner. It does smell a little grapey. At front, I'm not smelling so much grapey now that I've had three or four sniffs of it. So on their, they have a YouTube thing where they call it a hybrid of beer and wine. I think it's a little, uh, it's a little strong. It's more of a beer with grapes. <laughs> it's a beer with with wine adjuncts at it. Well, that's called suspense building, right there. <laughs> it's different. Mm. It, it's a. It's a. Trying to figure out the right vocabulary to use because it's. Uh, it it's yeah. It tastes like a wheat beer. It has a little sweetness going on to it, and it does have. Kind of like a, a sweet white wine. It's very reminiscent it. of champagne. There's mm-hmm. some of that. Yeah, cha- yeah. With the champagne character here. So there is a big grapiness to it, and like a, a fairly sweet white. You know, there's some of that candied notes going on, things like that. Hmm. A little bit of tartness in there, just slightly. Tarts, I like the tart. Tarts really bringing it home for me. There's definitely a grape juice feeling to this. Less wine, more grape juice, I think. Because it doesn't have the kind of tannic qualities that wines tend to have. Mm, So that's why I'm feeling more grape juice here. I... I don't drink white wines. I generally don't drink sweet wines. 
So I can't compare this to anything in particular, you know? It's, like, really out of my wheelhouse when it comes to the kind of wines that I normally drink. Yeah, normally I'm, I'm going with a... a, a on, on my diet, at least, it's a low-sugar wine. So a Merlot or a Pinot Noir or something mm-hmm. like that. Always a red. It's nothing like a Chardonnay or something like that. It's not a deep... Like, these deep, fruity... Mm-hmm. You know, these bang bang wet flavors. It's 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 drier than that, but it yeah, it reminds me of of a, of a champagne, a a pretty decent quality champagne, but with wheat mixed in. It's got mm-hmm. it, it has the 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 wheat character has a slight bit of of grassy note, sort of lying at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. There's a little. Oh, the more I drink this more I like it. It's starting to taste dry. My tongue's getting used to it, so it doesn't taste as sweet. It's tasting drier, which I like. <clears throat> it's starting to taste more saison-y to me. I wish I had better words. Like, last time, like, for the Rogue, we had all kinds of great adjectives. In this one, we're kind of struggling a little bit with... It's out of our comfort zone, definitely. With specific, you know, flavors. But I really am enjoying it. There's probably there's a little blueberry, I think. Oh, that's a good call. Yeah. Hmm. Here's one that's interesting. A slight artichoke. I could see that. I could um just the on the greener side mm-hmm. of things. Yeah. That's it. that's a Yeah, it's out there. It's like it's a, really It's a stretch. It's slight yeah. it's a little bit of a stretch, but there's something there, and, and maybe artichoke isn't the best way to describe mm-hmm. it, but that's what I'm grabbing onto. Hmm. And, you know, I was talking about how it's not tasting as whiny and more beery. Now, last sip tasted a lot more whiny, and so it's just <laughs> flopping back and forth for me. I w- yeah, I kind of wonder how this would do in one of those savor um, wine versus beer competitions <laughs> they have. <laughs> Which the, one's the, the beer? The, he said... <laughs> Beer, she mm-hmm. said wine. Hmm. So what do you think? Worth the price? I'd say just barely. I'd say it's worth it. Yeah, as as a, as a new experience, as something cool to drink mm-hmm. and, and try, absolutely worth the price. Um, I wouldn't buy a case of it. <laughs> no. <laughs> but if you're looking to just try something new and different, which uh, we absolutely recommend, then by all means, this is a good one for you. So... Speaking of um, trying something new and different, how about trying something old and and well understood? And that's buying things on Amazon. There you go, nice segue. <laughs> Which is your favorite thing to do, right? And if you want to buy things on Amazon, because we can get everything, then the best way to do that, if is, you want to support the show, is to go to craftyradio.com/slash/amazon and then buy whatever you want. Buy everything you can afford. Yes, it's almost tax refund season, mm-hmm. and you're. Just itching to go buy some more yoga grippy socks or um, Kindle fires, running watches, you know, things like that through Amazon. Remember to use our referral link, and we would really appreciate it because we are raising money so we can get to the Great American Beer Fest and do some other beer events this year. Uh, there's also 
you can donate if you would like. We have a couple waiting to do that with scheduled payments from PayPal to as low as two bucks per month, can, or twelve dollars, twelve dollars a year, um, or whatever you would like to donate to us. There's also uh, Bluehost if you need a web host. There's also Midwest Brewing Supply if you need some brewing supplies. Find those links on our website, and let's move on to another beer. Absolutely, things are going to get a little bit crazy now. This part of the show is brought to you by Gary Frank. <laughs> Here's where things get dark. <laughs> dark and disturbing. All right. That was, you just heard that hiss. That was from a six year old beer. This is the Abyss from Deschutes, 2007 Reserve, aged in oak barrels. So this is 11% alcohol by volume, 65 IBUs, at least their most recent one was. It's an Imperial Stout. It's won uh, the Silver Award in 2012, European Beer Star. The world's best stout and porter from the 2012 World Beer Awards. In CNBC's World's Best Beers in 2012. Ten beers that will make you a man if they don't kill you first from Denver Westward. I don't know what kind of thing that is, but uh, America's Best Stout from the 2011 World Beer Awards. Oh, that's enough. Just just put your nose in this glass. And there's melt. more. You'll there's melt. four pages of awards here, so... <laughs> mm-hmm. This one, this is 27? 2007, yeah. 20-07, this won the gold medal for Imperial Style at the Great American Beer Fest. This is the this is the year. And I'll tell you, six years in the bottle. Oh, it smells. It smells wonderful. Deep uh, molasses and licorice and chocolates. There's it's it's not really whiskey type aroma but you can get a little bit of, of oakiness in there as well and a very rich stout aroma a lot of roasted barley a lot of that cocoa and oof man like uh, delicious uh, Belgian dark chocolate slightly melted which just a touch of cayenne pepper just a pinch a bit of a kiwi like fruitiness on the nose also a little smoky in the flavor a lot of licorice in the flavor mm-hmm. ooh <laughs> It's one of those ones that tells a story, doesn't Ooh, it? Ooh, it goes it goes deeper. It um it intensifies as you just let it sit. And uh those you know, this this um deep molasses mm-hmm. comes out. I'm getting a lot I'm getting a surprising amount. Oh my goodness. It's been I, was a, I thought it was done telling a story until I start to talk and because I'm moving air. Yeah. You know, it, you get a new story, but yeah, coffee. Uh, I'm still getting a lot of like campfire smoke type, like uh, maybe like oh yeah, or, or, or uh, a marshmallow that you've roasted completely, so it's okay. got all the blackness around it. So I'm, get, I'm getting a very specific aroma. It's not really 
the way I'm going to say it, it's not going to sound too desirable, but it, it tastes good. And it's kind of like the smell of smoke in your clothes after you've left the campfire. You know, that's kind of what I'm mm. getting. It doesn't taste particularly smoky to me, but yeah, I mean, I know that people like roasting their marshmallows. I used to like setting them on fire and getting them all black on the outside oh, and then okay. gooey on the inside. And there's a lot of that. There's um, without sort of the acrid, mm-hmm. uh, you know, carbony taste. But, you know, it gets all roasty and gooey and, and sweet, mm-hmm. but also that deep roasted flavor comes with that, too. It's a, it's, it's a s'more of a beer. <laughs> it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. 11%. You can, you can tell. It's funny. The Actually, making sure you're breathing out, out your mouth or talking gives you more. So if you're tasting this, don't do it alone. Or if you are alone, talk to yourself. <laughs> we promise we won't call you crazy. We don't judge. We just give you tips on how to enjoy your beer. If you can save a beer like this for six years, <laughs> more power to you. You have just power in space. I guess it's more five because it was winter. Mm-hmm. But well, I was ooh. surprised when I saw the year on it. I had no idea it was there for that long. It. Uh, I mean, I'm. I imagine... I think we have one more in there, too, off the check. <laughs> I imagine it it may have been slightly more hoppy. Probably. I don't... You know, I'm not looking for hops in my barrel-aged Imperial Stout, so... Me neither. But I... But whatever hoppiness was there is is pretty much swallowed up by all the malts now. I mean, I think there's some bitterness there still. Bitterness but, there, yeah, yeah. But there's not flowery mm-hmm. things. Yeah. There's no... You know, just not a lot of alpha acid stuff yeah, going on. I don't know. It, I'd really hesitate to make a, a call on that, right? Because, I mean, it's been a while since we've had this beer. And, um, you know, if we lived in Oregon and could get it, you know, regularly and were in abyss experts, then maybe. But I mean, at 65 IBUs, I expect it to be pretty hoppy when it comes out of the gate. Uh, it could all be bittering hops added early to balance the big malt bill. You know, it's, it's, it's a hard call. That's true. At eleven percent, sixty-five IBUs is really not that much. Mm-hmm. So it it's perfectly balanced. <laughs> There's no complaint about the balance of bitterness and yeah, sweetness, and 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 clean too. Yeah. I mean, one of the concerns, one of the things we see a lot with beers lately is these barrel-aged beers. They pick up a bug in the barrel, and they don't have a great shelf stability. Right. This thing you could put down for another ten years. There's no there's, sourness. There's no. There's nothing in there. No nail polish remover. No, nothing. No bugs. And uh, yeah, so you could definitely like if you get a clean bottle like this. And I've never had a dirty bottle of Deschutes Abyss. Um, yeah, the thing will sell it forever. Yeah, at eleven percent, it it's pretty good at killing most things anyway. But mm-hmm. to, so that that's another benefit. So I don't know if you know if they made a. If they made a small beer out of this, they made like a 3% beer, that might be a little bit more susceptible. Mm, so good. Wow. It, it, the residue coats the glass. Mm-hmm. Uh, leaves it this dark. Now, I want to... This is how jaded we are. Remember the first time we had this, we were like, wow, oh my God, <laughs> our lives will never be the same. It's not jaded, it's experience. <laughs> Okay, exactly. 
there's yeah, there, there's just a lot going on that I, I appreciate the way, like I said, it, you know, sort of it, it coats the glass. But I want to make this this point clear: it's not sort of a motor oil stout. It's didn't have this huge thick viscosity, which mm-hmm. I know some people really look for that motor oil thing. But I actually like one a beer like this that can you know, ride that train slightly between velvety and. Mm-hmm. And a little bit, you know, yeah, this enjoy is just the carbonation couple, part. I would say this is just a couple points away from, I mean, well, it's not like the sludgy Dark Lord, right? It's right. not, the, yeah. nothing's that thick. Um, but, uh, I mean, this isn't too far from being what I would call a motor oil. So you think that's as big and as black as we're going to go tonight? Not even close. <laughs> this next beer, like I said, is also brought to you by... CBR's super fan Gary Frank. He makes a trip down to Orange County every single year and picks up some beers. And often we are lucky enough to get some spoils from his trip. And, you know, we did a bunch of brewery beers and we've been saving one beer in particular. Well, two beers, but this beer is one of them Black Tuesday. Black Tuesday. Cult beer extraordinaire. <laughs> I mean,. If you know, if you're one of those people that have the checklist of you know, I need to drink the, the the top ten beers on Beer Advocate. I haven't checked the top ten on Beer Advocate in probably about three or four years. I'm sure this is in the top three. <laughs> um, was that bragging? I didn't. I, I didn't mean to brag. No, I'm. I'm just. I'm trying to. I didn't even mean to humble brag. The, the <laughs> links I have are are just about Black Brewery Tuesday, Brewery Black Tuesday, like the day you can pick uh, them up. Not about the actual beer. Black Tuesday is twenty one percent ABV. It is uh, at least it was. Um, let's see. The label is like dark blue on and dark brown on black. It's very hard to read. Um, Nineteen point two percent for this one. And uh, you know, stuff. It's hard to read <laughs> anything on here. Imperial Stout aged in bourbon barrels. There we go. Okay, so uh, 40 IBUs, SRM 100 plus. <laughs> Other words, it's black. Uh, it releases October available at the brewery only. Um, yeah. So if you're wondering, at rate beer, it's a 100. At Beer Advocate, it's a 100. So, you know, the other Ooh. beers weren't that boozy. This one, you can smell the whiskey barrel. It, it smells maybe not not boozy so much from the whiskey, boozy from the 19.2% beer yes. that they put in the barrel. Yes. Uh, yeah, 20 out 9, 19.5, 2010, 18.2, 2011, 18.3, 2012, 19.2. So... You might be wondering why there's such a variation. And when you're dealing with extreme monsters like these, you're not necessarily sure exactly where the wind up. There's probably some blending involved. Right. And uh, it's nice. It's a, it's a, it's an annual agricultural product. Like wine, right? You get what you get. Yep. And there's a variation that you can look forward to. A lot of licorice in this one, too. It, it it smells almost like 
a double to shoot away. It feels like the licorice. I mean, it's almost twice the alcohol, and, and um, probably that means almost twice the sugars, probably. Oh, that's a little bit of like a coffee liqueur. Yep. Getting some, oh my goodness, wonderful, wonderful aromas. And I'm very wrong. Black Tuesday is not at the top of the best beers in the world on Beer Advocate. It's 27. This beer's junk. <laughs> It's not extreme enough. Let's just pour it out. It's not extreme enough for Beer Advocate. I would say that despite what, you know, that this has some red highlights to it, so it's not completely dark. (laughs) Oh, it smells so good. Wow. That smells a lot more like a barrel than the last one. Go ahead. What do you got in the flavor? There's your motor oil, first of all. Um, oh, it's so boozy. It tastes yeah, like Yeah, it, it's really boozy. It, it's mm, very. It has a. Oh, it has a great maple syrup. Not molasses, but maple syrup flavor. Yes. Wonderful. It's not too dark. It's kind of sweet. It's really rich. Oh, that's a really, really good flavor. Yeah, this would this would go great. I mean, you never want to do this. But I just you... got buttered popcorn. Okay, so diacetyl. Yeah, yeah, that's probably part of it. It doesn't, but it's not. Maybe in really small amounts, it's not slick. It's not buttery. But I just got this kind of buttered popcorn, or maybe the popcorn jelly belly jelly bean. Maybe more accurately, <laughs> that. Which is probably diacetyl. Yeah, which is absolutely diacetyl. <laughs> But it tastes good in here. It's yes. not the it's not the so much the flaw of diacetyl, but uh an okay use of it. So it's only like one part per billion. Yeah, no, diacetyl can be very useful and and, and uh you know, it gives butterscotchy, buttery mm-hmm. flavors and uh it, it it's a it's a it can be a good flavor, but it can also overwhelm. But it, it's definitely not overwhelming here because there's other stuff going on. There's a sweetness balancing out. There's a Moderate amount of bitterness. It isn't quite holding up to the sweetness. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a, a real thickness to it, a real viscosity, which is coming from more than anything else the, the a large amount of alcohol in it. There, there's a whiskey-like component to it. You know, just just to be complete, the Abyss is number eleven on your advocate right now. So. People like, well, it's probably more of an availability thing. You know, more reviews, but I don't know. Usually you can taste, you know, people can really, those beer advocates, they can really taste the rare. If you ask me, the Abyss is better. You think? I think so. Both very good. Yeah, uh, no, I'm I'm loving the Black Tuesday, but the Abyss was was pretty gosh darn spectacular. And... You know, you mentioned jaded, but it was mm-hmm. it. I mean, it it, it no, fit everything, you. and this is like really, really good. You know, I expect it to be really, really good. Mm-hmm. It's also it jamming the car full of everything. It's throwing everything in the kitchen <laughs> sink and clown car, huh? Yeah, I mean, this is 
I mean, 19.2%. That's it's a little overboard. I mean, that's what the brewery does. The brewery it says, oh, a little overboard? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Look at what we do. Uh, and and it's great, and, and it's wonderful, and it's something that, you know, everyone should try if they get a chance, but... Okay, I hear you. I hear you. I can I can I can see your angle, but I respectfully disagree. Mm. I'm not I'm not gonna go for the Black Tuesday just because it's extreme. I'm really digging the flavors this thing's delivering. It's delivering some wonderful flavors. I'm getting the you know, the wonderful barrel. I'm getting a whiskey flavor. I'm getting that that marvelous maple. I can't I can't say enough about how well placed that maple flavor is. It, it's straight up maple. It's it's a nice anchor to the whole flavor to keep it from getting too boozy or anything like that it just fits so well my rankings this week may surprise you (laughs) I said we get there let's do it okay I go first okay because you went first last time so go ahead you uh you type I'll say I'm trying to roll noisy pens across the desk. Okay, so my number one beer is the Abyss. That was pretty gosh darn amazing. And, I mean, it's a 20-07 reserve. I don't know if you'll be able to get your hand on that. If you get the latest one, let it sit for five years. <laughs> Pop it open, you'll probably get a similar experience. I'm sure the the fresh one is I wonder if they're all really reserve, or I wonder if there's Abyss and Abyss reserve. I don't know. We didn't do enough research. Well, that's par for the course ever since Allison's been born. <laughs> uh, mine. Okay, so yeah, the Abyss was just spectacular. Uh, my number two. Mm. I don't think they're all barrel aged. I don't think. This is really tough because. I'm pretty sure most, not all Abyss is barrel aged, so it's probably two versions. Because as much as as sort of there, there's a there's a desire in me to elevate the other beers in comparison to what Black Tuesday is doing, Black Tuesday still kind of beats about it. I mean, it just it's, <laughs> you just you just couldn't beat the contrarian yeah, blowhard today. I, I, huh? I couldn't I couldn't do what you know what I felt like was like. Mm, these other peers deserve. I'm gonna make a point. You're trying. You're just. Tr- they're almost, almost to make a point, right? But yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was like you know, these beers were great. Black Tuesday. I mean, it it tries a little harder. It just does. So I think the title of the show is Black Tuesday Greater Than Greg's Contrarianism. <laughs> I, I would just say. It tries a little harder because I mean that's definitely what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, that that's number two for me. Close, very, very close. I mean, close, closer than I've kind of let on between that and the abyss. It, it, I, I, but I felt the abyss was uh, was almost the perfect imperial stout. This mm-hmm. is like, you know, it's, it's a fantastic imperial stout with a whole bunch of other stuff thrown sure, in. Sure. It doesn't taste bad at all, but abyss was pretty much perfect. Uh, it's hard, isn't it? It really is. This is a tough one, but hmm. this is a he's, really tough. He one. is debating between the Noble Rot from Dogfish Head Craft Brewery and the Chateau Rogue 
Orgasmic Ale from Rogabri. Who will come in third? See, see, there's part of me that wants to put the rogue third only because I, I have a sort of history of saying eh, rogue, and I really like this beer. But there's also the other part of me that says, well, but Noble Rot was really good and different and awesome, and was the orgasmic ale really, really better than that? And I don't know. I don't know, but. In ter- but yeah, Rogue is third, and I think that's because of the really interesting use of hops that were going on, and, and the interesting malts, and the way they played off each other really well. I I liked it a hell of a lot more than I expected to like it, and uh, it's also probably of the four beers the one that I would jump the most at at drinking again uh, simply because of I mean the abyss I'd want to save and same with Black Tuesday but between the Noble Rot and the Orgasmic the Orgasmic would be the one like oh I'll have another one of those Mm -hmm. and the Noble Rot very good interesting really different worth the money last in this list gotcha so all right, so I'm going to be different tonight. I'm going to put the Black Tuesday at the top. I, it, It's a monster of a beer, 19.2%, barrel age, mm-hmm. imperial stout. None of it's a gimmick. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure I'm not tasting the rare. I'm not judging the rare. You know, we've been lucky. I don't think you are. No, we've mean... been lucky enough to have this on multiple occasions. Yeah. So again, we're experienced slash jaded on that one. Just lucky. You know, that's what happens when you put in as many hours as we have. Um, I just think it's a rock star of a beer. I mean, it's so well put together. It's not too hot. It's not too sweet. It's It has all kinds of dimension to it. Wonderful. Number two, The Abyss. Nearly as good. I loved it. Loved it. Much now, better than Cats. <laughs> <laughs> Much better. That's better, a... than, better than pants too. Um... <laughs> I'm going to drink it again and again. That's a well, that's an old joke. That is a really old reference. But those of you who get it, cheers. The um, the abyss was wonderful, aged superbly. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Either any, you know, they could, you know, I mean, what we're getting is any one of these beers could be one. Number one, on on the right day. On the right day, yeah, they're all super. This is easily the best show of 2013, beer wise. No, yeah, I mean it's easily, only, yeah, yeah. Me. Um, so I'm going to put the Noborot third. Just really dug dug it. I didn't have a vocabulary to really talk it up. We talked up the Rogue. You know, we had a lot more awesome things to say about the Rogue. You know, that's the one. It was more in our wheelhouse. It was more. Well, that's the one we put in for our Emmy, right? But you know, the ones that we actually enjoy, you know, because <laughs> that's the one. That's the one that was a better show. But the the noble rot really dug it. The, the sweet, the dry, playing off each other, sip after sip. The the grapes, the beer, mm-hmm. the the tanginess. It uh, impressive. 
very impressive for that beer. And then the the Rogue, for me, hard luck loser, it could win the right show. It could re- win an average show. Um, so impressed with the aromatics of their malts and the flavors of their malts. That's really what drove it home is they did things with malts I have not tasted in either ever or it, not very often at all. I mean, the malts are the rock star of that beer. It takes a while to tune into them. But once you do, you get like, whoa. Look at the, you know, we talked about the mushrooms. We talked about all these different things mm-hmm. we're getting from the malts. Um, hats off to Rogue for, for how they played the malts. If I was going to give it a bump to three, it would be because I was focusing on, you know, like, you know, in the Oscars they have, you know, best outstanding performance, whatever. Right, and, you know, yeah. Best use of malts, you know. That's, right, sure. There's the technical awards, right? Yeah, There's, you yeah. know, best editing and other things like that. Mm-hmm. There's uh, best use of malts definitely works. You know, there might, there may be a place for that in, in the Great American Beer Fest or that sort of, I mean, what you're generally just by style. But mm-hmm. there may be a place for more technical awards. Maybe not the main ceremony, but you can do something along those lines. We'll call them the melanoidins. The melanoidins. <laughs> All right. We want a melanoidin this year. And then there'll be one, you know, we'll have, a, you know, best use of, of hops and we'll come up with a name for that. Right, yeah. The, the lupulins. <laughs> the loopies. <laughs> And then there'll be there'll be the you know to get your Morgoth water or whatever you know what was the thing that Tracy Jordan from Thirty Rock was trying to get the the Algot or whatever the the Emmy Egot yeah Egot we'll have one of those we'll have the <laughs> the acronym for all our technical awards. Well, next time we talk to Charlie and Julia, we should bring. Them. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> We're just. Put, giving out all those great ideas for free. Yep, we well, should really charge for these things. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening to Craft Beer Radio. It, it really means a lot that you take the time to listen to us. And for those who you know support us through the referral links, or especially our donation, you know our supporters, our, our our recurring supporters, we really appreciate the help that you've given us. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit craftbeerradio.com to get information on what that means. Um, Contact us at. Uh, Seabar Greg at, at uh, twitter.com. CBR Greg. You said Seabur. Seabur. CBR Greg. This is a lot of alcohol. Yeah, yeah. CBR Greg at Twitter. At Jeff Bear at Twitter. At Craft Beer Radio on Twitter. Beer at craftbeerradio.com. If you like email, it's so. It's a little bit slower, yeah. You got, but you can actually say everything you want to say in email. Um, we're on that. Facebook at The Craft Beer Radio. We're on Google Plus at Craft Beer Radio career craft beer radio but twitter's really our preferred social media network and uh that's about it we will see you on the flippity flop flippity floppity flip 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 flop <laughs> who's the schmitty you're the schmitty <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>